This is the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm Jeff Fry. And today we've got a special production. We're going to talk about the 2018 recruiting class. I got special guest Ian McNacken, publisher of the Go I'll Go. And Jim Anest. He's uh, known for uh, one of the organizers at the Colorado uh, Cowboys in Colorado. And uh, he's with us, and uh, they went to a special meeting. So um, stay tuned for the recruiting special. Gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, welcome to our special edition of the uh, Cowboy Roundtable. We're going to talk recruiting for 2018. And first of all, uh, how are you doing, Ian? I'm doing well. It's really amazing how uh, quick this year's already going by. And last time we talked, I think it was right before our bowl game. So it's kind of crazy how fast time's kind of flown by. It sure has. And Jim, I uh, uh, wanted to thank you again for organizing the Cowboys in Colorado. Um, I guess you had a pretty good uh, attendance there on Saturday, uh, February the 17th. Jeff, we really did. We had a real big crowd and and got a lot of information from the coach as far as recruiting. And I'm just going to real quick put in a plug that uh, coming up on March 2nd, we're going to have our first inaugural Cowboys in Colorado here in the Denver Tech Center area. And uh, <clears throat> we're real fortunate that we'll have Tom Berman will be our guest speaker. And so it's seven o'clock on Friday, March the second. So the Denver events we're doing on Friday mornings, because we figure that uh, we're trying to get all the younger people to try to attend those meetings. And we thought that Friday mornings might be better than weekends. And so that'll be Friday, March the second, seven o'clock at Maggiano's, which is in the Denver Tech Center over off of I-25 in Dry Creek. Ooh, I like Maggiano's. I'd almost fly out for that. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Get your RSVP. And we've actually already, we have close to 30 that have already RSVP'd and we're still a week out. So, you know, we think we're going to get a real big crowd for our first meeting down in South Denver. And we knew that there was a, a demand for it because just the number of people that have approached us over the last four or five years. And, you know, I am talking about time going by, you know, we're in our fifth year of doing this Cowboys in Colorado. And uh, so time does go by. And But more importantly, we're only two weeks away now from the spring game. Yeah. Yeah, it's, really. a, it's amazing for sure. I, I was uh, actually going to attend the one in the tech center. It's a lot closer to my home. And I know there's a lot of people in that area. And, of course, I was up at the one on Saturday before I went up for the San Jose State basketball game. And it was a great event and really exciting about how Jim was able to get that, get this off the ground with his team. And it's hard to believe it's been five years. Wow. You know, that's uh, that's really shows the strength and the dedication of uh, uh, Wyoming fans, Wyoming alumni. And uh, you're down there in uh, Indian country, enemy country down there in Colorado. So uh, uh, that is really, uh, really impressive. And, uh, you know, as a side note, Jeff, real quick is, <clears throat> uh, today we got a, um, RSVP from Ty Muma 
if you remember him, the defensive back at Wyoming. Right. And then he he mentioned, you know, he's a principal down here in Denver, and that there was a young man at his school that was always wearing a Wyoming sweatshirt, and he went up and talked to him, and he said, oh, yeah, my dad is John Summers. Oh, yeah, and I remember. If you remember, he was there during the years of uh, Fennis Dembo and, uh, and that great group. And then the connection was made that, oh, well, Sean Dent is from down here, too, and would like to get the information. So just right there, we had three RSVPs. It just happened that quickly. Wow, that's great. That's great. There's a lot of uh, former Cowboys uh, in your area down there. I know that for a a fact, and um, that's great. It's great that those guys are getting involved again and getting connected again. So, uh, boy, that's great. Now, uh, in your meeting, you had this at uh, Johnson's Corner, and I believe that uh, Coach Gordy Haug, Haug was there. He's the recruiting coordinator, uh, and he led um, led a lot of the discussion. Who else was there representing Wyoming? Well, the uh, one of the new assistant um, UW and Cowboy Joe uh, athletic directors, uh, Kyle Smith, was there as well, and he just recently joined the uh, Cowboy Joe administration. And from what I understand, he is the um, uh, is assisting with the coordination and renewing of Cowboy Joe memberships and, and three really, you know, areas with a lot of members in Cheyenne, Laramie, and now down in here in Colorado. So he has quite the job, but he was also present. All right. Um, so that's good. In fact, I just got my notice to up, re-up my um, Cowboy Joe membership, so I've done that. Uh, so I don't think he'll be calling me, but that's all right. I wouldn't mind if he did. Uh, <laughs> so um, let's start off here uh, looking at it. We've, we've just had a recruiting class. Um, I guess we have like 24 in total. Uh, this is including 21 scholar, uh, scholarships that came in. Walk on, um, I guess, uh, what is it? Theo Dawson is one of them because he's the guy from, he's on a uh, Mormon mission and hasn't come in yet. So he's on that, on the list. And then um, Rocket Ishmael II is also joining uh, the Wyoming team. Tell us a little bit about that. Do you know, what do you know about that? Well, what I understand is he had walked on to TCU, um, actually was offered at a high school by Fresno State, and then walked on to TCU, then ended up going the JUCO route, and Wyoming obviously recruited him and looked at him, and uh, me and Jim, of course, got to see him on video, and he, he does have some uh, ability, um, talent-wise. I Actually, I don't think they showed the video. I guess I watched it on line but he does look like he has some speed and does return kick returns um so he's going to be another option there uh hopefully can step up and give us a little bit of playmaker at the wide receiver spot now uh is he going to be here for two years since he's done junior college or three years actually i don't know the answer to that and i probably (laughs) should i I think it's going to be two years Mm -hmm. Uh, no i mean i think it's a three-year commitment i'm And I'm not sure either, but from what I could tell, he, he was a TCU uh, red shirt, 
and did not play. I, I could not find any any um, uh, stats for him at TCU at all. Uh, although I did observe some of his film while he practiced at TCU, but the only stats I could find for him was the one year at Cisco Junior College in Texas, where uh, uh, he had 48 receptions, 434 yards. He averaged about 62 yards per game and had four touchdowns. Uh, interestingly, he only played in seven games, but that Cisco Junior College team was not very good. They were uh, two and seven in the year that he was there. And and interestingly, and Jeff, you'll get a kick out of this. The one game that this team won, the Cisco Junior College, was by the score of 98 to nothing over a team called Resolution Prep Academy. <laughs> so uh, it was... Uh, interesting statistic that I found there, but, uh, you know, I, and I'm not sure either, but I'm thinking maybe it's three years. Well, the way you explain it, uh, that, that could make a lot of sense. Cause he had that walk on with TCU and normally that's going to be a red shirt year. Um, he didn't get on the field at all. So that's, that's good. That's just another potential weapon that let's hope can develop. He obviously has good pedigree. Um, his dad was a great player at Notre Dame. So that's a situation where maybe maybe this is a kid that can really make some difference on the Cowboy offense. Well, since he has a TCU connection, uh, I kind of look at this as uh, we're getting our uh, Josh Doxson back, <laughs> kind of, in an <laughs> indirect way, since he left us and went to TCU. So we're getting one back from TCU, maybe, in an indirect way. Well, hopefully the universe is uh, paying Wyoming back on that one. That was that was tough to see Josh Jackson go to CC and do the damage he did at for the Horned Frogs, and now he's in the NFL playing with Chase Rulia there in Washington, I believe, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And I um uh, I I've got it in the back of my mind uh, to um, try to get a um, uh, uh, an interview with uh, Chase uh, through the Redskins uh, in the coming season. I'm hoping they'll let me and. Uh, Maybe we can get a little scoop on uh, Josh and his remembrances of uh, Wyoming. It's just too bad he didn't stay with us. Not he went on and had a great career at TCU, obviously. Being the yeah, he would have been teammates with Rulier at Wyoming for one year. Is that correct? Yeah, because I think they came in together. So that's very interesting. That would be a good question to ask Chase. And yeah. um, hopefully the Washington Redskins are a little bit more uh, friendly to you than the Dallas Cowboy PR team. <laughs> Yeah, Dallas Cowboys just totally rejected me. Wouldn't even let me talk to um, uh, Nasacha. So, anyway, let's get back to this recruiting thing here. Now, um, you said that um, Coach um, Haug was there. Uh, did he? Um, did he? Uh, I understand he kind of laid out the philosophy when before he got into the details. Uh, what exactly did he did he uh, talk about in that terms of their philosophy of recruiting? Well, he went at opened the uh, discussion at some depth about their focus on making sure that the player that they are speaking with and the player that they're offering and ultimately the player that signs. And I think that's one reason that they don't sign players until they've actually been on campus is to make sure that they have the, the correct fit into Laramie, Wyoming and that culture. Uh, he was, I thought, real firm on his description about when they 
talk to a recruit, that they spend time in explaining what Laramie is like, what the weather is like, and it's a small town. It's uh, it's somewhat remote, but it, while those are possibly disadvantages, I think they also talk about the advantages and uh, and clearly Coach Haug indicated that once they get those players on campus, those players are usually universally impressed by the facilities. They had no idea that Wyoming would have these type of facilities and they see the crowd at the game, the um, indoor practice facility, the stadium, the Rochelle Center, and now the, in, the high altitude performance center. And it's becoming quite impressive. And that was the impression that I got from uh, the way that uh, the coach started the meeting on Saturday. Well, you do have to have a different kind of mindset, I think, among a player um, uh, to, to play at Wyoming. I mean, we've we've run some uh, Florida kids through. We've had some successful Florida kids, but we've had kids from Florida and Georgia and some of those south southeastern states. It didn't, you know, winter hit and they didn't last uh, <laughs> to the next spring uh, spring uh, training. So uh, you really do need to have a, a guy that's aware of of the the challenges there i mean it's uh now i i went to school there. i grew up in wyoming so it was all normal to me so you get somebody from the south there and uh they hit that first winter it could be <laughs> it could be a big shock so uh that's a good thing but I, i've noticed that you know we're bringing in california kids and um uh, they seem to adjust pretty well you know, and Jeff, on one hand, we were talking about Laramie, Wyoming, but almost after he spoke about the, the culture fit to Laramie, uh, the comment that he made was that California will continue to be a big focus area of cowboy recruiting. And I think they signed either nine or 10 uh, players from California in this class. Oh, there's a lot of good football players out there. And there's a lot of players that the like uh, Josh Allen that uh, maybe don't make the radar screens of some of the big schools. I mean, they have, they have, uh, God, how many division one schools do they have in California? Uh, you know, you got UCLA, USC, uh, you got, uh, you know, San Diego state, you've got, uh, uh, San Jose state, you've got, uh, Fresno, uh, God, I, there's more there. I'm thinking there's at least, six or seven uh, Division One schools in the state. So uh, there's a lot of competition for the better players, but the, there's got to be a lot of them slipping through the cracks there. Uh, yeah, I think California is very similar uh, to Texas and Florida where there's so much talent down there. There are a lot of players that are slipping through the cracks, um, you know, with the competition. So it's Wyoming certainly knows, the coaching staff, Coach Bull knows, is that that's how we're going to succeed is go in there and find those hidden talent gems. And that's probably a big reason why they're, they are focusing on California and Jim was correct. We have nine signees from the state of California in this class. That's a pretty significant number. Well, if they uh, all can perform up to the level of Josh Allen, I, <laughs> we'd be really in great shape. Uh, you know, well, so. I, think, uh, I think once we go through this list, 
Jeff, there's going to be a couple of those players from California that that uh, might very well, in a few years, uh, uh, compare some of their success with Josh Allen, probably not at that same level, but uh, certainly in their position, it seemed like there's a number of young men right now that uh, are either on the team or coming in from the state of California. So it's going to be interesting not to mention, you know, a, a young quarterback that's, that's going to be showing up this summer from California as well. Well, this all leads to one thing that, um, uh, we'd talked about before is uh, we're getting to the point now where uh, we're developing a pretty good uh, level of depth. Uh, can uh, either of you uh, talk to that? I think there's definitely depth being built. Um, again, we didn't have a lot of lose a lot of seniors in this class um, or this year. And we got the, just a lot of players in the program coming back. And now you throw another recruiting class on top of it. Uh, the one area that I really am very excited about depth being uh, developed is the defensive line. And I always felt that through the years watching Wyoming football, we were always very thin. We were keeping our fingers crossed that our top players uh, did not go down on the defensive line. And then you hear about Boise State uh, when they got into the Mount West Conference and beforehand, they would uh, rotate nine, ten defensive uh, linemen a game. They would, uh, they would over-recruit the position because that's such a, a key area because when you're strong in the trenches and you're healthy in the trenches, um, you can win a lot of football games just doing that. So that, that one area that I, the depth is really seems to be stepping up to levels that maybe I didn't even dream of as a fan is that defensive line depth. And now you're starting to look at, you know, the new guy, Muma coming in, not Muma, I'm sorry, Mora from California. They signed and beat five Mountain West schools out for, and, Coach Bull said this guy could probably play out of the gate, and but we'd probably rather redshirt him because we feel like we're getting depth build up at that position. Wow, that's um, that's really something. Well, uh, are you guys ready to start talking about the list? Did they um, uh, talk about some of the particular recruits that uh, that they discussed down there at the CIC meeting? You know, Jeff, I, I want to just go on the other side of the line here real quick and. Ian talked about the depth on the defensive line, and there certainly is. Uh, but look at the offensive line. Um, I was taking a look at last year's too deep on the Fresno State game. So that was you know very much towards the end of the year. And in that too deep, uh, there were uh, nine players on that too deep. One was going both ways, so that's why – of the five starters, there's uh, nine in that too deep, but all those young men are back. So all nine of them are back. And th that too deep did not have Ryan Cummings on that list at all. So those are all nine players returning. And then you also add on there, there were the red shirt uh, freshmen or players on the squad from last year that are returning. Uh, you have, for instance, uh, the the Weeks kid from North Dakota, um, Big E, and we'll probably talk about him a little bit later, I suspect. Uh, there's uh, Patrick Arnold, and the one name that was mentioned was uh, Keegan Kreider, and I think uh, I and I'm correct on that, that uh, Coach Hogg thought that um, Keegan Kreider 
could very well be pushing somebody for a starting position on there. And that's a name that wasn't even mentioned last year because he was redshirted. And then you add in uh, the, the big three new freshmen coming in. And so I counted there's potentially 14 players that all could be pushing for starting positions there. So we're going from two deep to potentially close to a three deep situation. And I have to tell you, I don't know that I've ever seen that. Wow. Yeah. I would agree, Jim. Yeah, that is something uh, really, really uh, uh, spectacular when you can get into a, a, a three deep situation. So uh, yeah, that is very encouraging. Very encouraging. So uh, tell me about some of the, um, some of the recruits that are coming in. Well, I think the one guy that, uh, you know, there's some very entertaining recruits coming or intriguing recruits coming in, you know, starting with quarterback Sean Chambers. That's certainly a guy that we're all going to talk about. Um, but I, I think the Roe Jackson, I hope I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly, a running back out of Eugene, Oregon. We got to see some tape on him. I think Jim will go in a little bit more depth about what Gordy had to say about him. But uh, Roe is a very fast-looking player. Um, on tape and it looks like he's going to be a running back so he could be the type of player I think could come in and really give us a spark at that running back position and then the other guy is the Bigelow kid uh, Javon Bigelow out of California his uh, brother played in the in the pack uh, 10 for Cal I think played in the NFL for a while another guy that has uh, really some good movement for a running back so I think there is some some possible talent coming in that can really help that position next year. Good. Yeah, I'll uh, second what Ian said about uh, these two potential running backs. I, uh, you know, as we were going through this list, uh, uh, Real Jackson was probably oh somewhere in the middle of the list, and at that time we had watched tape on probably nine or ten of the recruits, and Coach Haug said, "Now for this one, I'm just going to turn the tape on." And so you just watch and see what he does, and you tell me what type of uh, position you think he should fill. And it became pretty clear that this this uh, young man has the ability, and it appears hopefully the speed as well, uh, to, to uh, challenge at that running back position. So he, he was a um, second-team All-State Class A in Colorado, in Oregon. I'm sorry, Oregon quarterback so he's making somewhat of a transition uh to running back but uh boy he sure was dynamic uh so uh who else um uh who else did they uh, talk about uh i see down here that uh you talked about uh, mario mora and then there's a devon brown tell me about those guys well i think they're athletic uh defensive ends devon brown solomon bird very si i think they're very similar recruits to uh, the two young linemen we had come in last year, Holt and Jeffrey Jackson, and also Victor Jones, who's redshirting. So it looks like, based on what we know about these guys and we saw in film and what Gordy had to say uh, about those players, is that you're actually getting – we seem to be getting a more athletic type of uh, defensive lineman slash defensive in uh, with these last two recruiting classes, um, and they seem to be very similar type of players. And uh, they do need to put a little weight on, build up, but they got good frames to them. They're very athletic. So 
uh, the other one would be Solomon Bird and Devon Brown, the two defensive ends. So. Yeah, you know, the, I am the one player in Jeff that uh, the coach really liked was uh, Cameron Donaldson, uh, the wide receiver from um, Aurora, Illinois. And he described him as potentially the most athletic and most natural athlete that he's ever recruited to the University of Wyoming. And if you look at his background, not, is he, not only is he you know, a really good wide receiver, but he's an outstanding basketball player. And if you follow his tweets at all, he has some incredible you know, basketball performances, but he's uh, quite the high jumper too. And I think that he's being forecast at being able to clear seven foot three inches coming up and he's definitely going to be on the track team and i i got the feeling that he was uh lured to wyoming because of the uh of the ability for him to also be on the track team which is kind of a unusual i think for coach bull but uh this could be a really special player yeah we've we've uh coach bull was i don't think we have any dual sports uh players right now uh, so that would be something. But if he's got the talent for um, track, he might as well. Well, we're trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to find game breakers. They're trying to find some speed. And at that wide receiver, I think we have good possession uh, type receivers. That may, you know, maybe they, they learn how to get deep and make, make some plays in the big passing game. But I think it's a really good idea to go out and get a track star who has some football background because we, we know this guy has big, is going to have big time speed. And if he can you know, make that transition in, in the college football or in the football field, it could really have a diamond in the rough. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, who else is uh, did the coach highlight out of the um, well, 20? That Jeff, I think we got to make sure we cover the two uh, kids from Wyoming. Oh, okay. And, Very good. And the, and the first, and I'll take that because they're offensive linemen. Uh, <laughs> the first one is uh, Blaine Baker. Uh, he's a six foot five, 260 uh, pound um, offensive lineman from Sheridan. And from what I understand, he was the number one recruited or the number one ranked player in the state of Wyoming. So that's good that we were able to keep, uh, you know, the top player in Wyoming and to attend Wyoming. I don't know how highly recruited he was, but I, I do know he had some offers from Montana and Montana state and a couple other schools. But, uh, so he has good size. And once again, we're starting, like Ian said, we are getting players with good frame. And then speaking of good frame, the other young man from Wyoming, he's, he's a third generation legacy. Hmm. His uh, grandfather played at Wyoming. His father played at Wyoming and that's Frank Crum. Hmm. And he's, uh, an offensive lineman, six foot seven, two sixty from Laramie and Gordy Coach Haug just noted him that this is a huge, massive human being. <laughs> so he's a, a, a big, big young man that certainly has the ability to put on a lot more weight. And I'm not sure I was at, I don't want to bring up basketball too much, but I was at the basketball game and I think he was there uh, last night and I walked by him and, and he is, he's, he's a, he's a big, big young man. So 
uh, you probably will see his name in the future. And his dad, Gary, was quite the player at Wyoming oh, yeah. a number of years ago. Oh, I remember Gary Crum. Yeah, he was heck of a good player. So uh, that's uh, a big chip off the old block, I guess, <laughs> uh, which is great because uh, I love having these Wyoming kids come in here. And uh, we've had quite a few that have come in and uh, are starting to make an impact, you know. Um, uh, so uh, more the merrier. If they can play, bring them in. So um, uh, let's uh, talk about uh, your walk-ons. Uh, now, we did have um, quite a few walk-ons, I understand. Did they talk about that down there at the meeting? You want to take that one, Jim? Uh, go ahead. Uh, you know, I, and, uh, I, I don't think that the coach spent too much time about that. I did recall that I asked him about, uh, you know, the quarterback from, uh, Pomona and, uh, Ryan Marquez, um, was the Pomona quarterback. He's probably somewhere between six, one and six, two. He's uh, about 180, but, uh, you know, he led, um, Pomona the state championship and in the 5A classification down here. So um, I watched some of his video on TV or on, on the site, and it seems like he's going to be a young man that's going to fit in real nicely in the quarterback mix. Um, so that was the one. And then I had the other young man that was the issue, and being a former baseball guy, I really liked uh, his comments about the, the big tight end that was probably had uh, college baseball focus or forecast for him. And that was uh, Jackson Boley, the, uh, uh, from Kentucky. He's six foot six tight end, about 230 pounds. Um, uh, and coach Howe thought that that was a big get to be able to get him as a preferred walk on. And here we go where, while Laramie has some disadvantages, it also has some great advantages, and that is that this young man loved mountains. Mm. And so, uh, you know, that was a perfect fit for him. He likes the outdoors. He loved the, the mountain ranges surrounding Laramie. And he's from a pretty athletic family. His uh, sister was the national, national Gatorade Player of the Year for basketball. So there's some uh, good, you know, athletic genes there. And I think he's going to be somebody that's going to be, uh, uh, will be hearing his name. And there you go again. It, you talk about depth. You talk about the tight end position. And you have three of those players coming back this year. And you add uh, this young man plus uh, uh, the uh, preferred walk-on from last year. And that was... Um, Mason Keeler. Uh, yeah, Mason Keeler from Broomfield, Colorado. And he apparently is going to be in the mix as well. Yeah, they were. Uh, he talked uh, pretty highly of Mason Keeler. The two players that are really uh, kind of stuck out that, um, that I had not really paid much attention to is Mason Keeler. And, of course, we talked about Keegan Kreider, the offensive lineman. Those are two names that just kind of came out of nowhere as players that could really emerge and be really 
good players. So we know the way this uh, walk-on program works. There's probably going to be some top walk-ons they're going to keep an eye on, and we'll know we'll get a better idea next year at this time of what what players have been able to work through the system. But we're all, we're already seeing some of these players work through the system, and Mason Keeler was one of them that he had talked about. Yeah, the comment, if you remember, Ian, was that uh, apparently those the defensive backs at Wyoming, and, you know, they're fairly accomplished now and, and pretty experienced, just didn't really like going up against him during practices. And so uh, I think we'll be hearing his name quite a bit this year. So he was a preferred walk-on, Jeff, from Broomfield, Colorado. And um, I, I just kind of want to note the, the kids from Colorado that are that are coming in as well. I think we have four from Colorado. And the two that I think we want to mention is uh, we talked about Ty Muma a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's a – he was a all-Colorado player. So to be all Colorado, that means that you're the top of five divisions in Colorado. So he was, uh, you know, quite the player to get from uh, the state of Colorado. So he was the number nine rated player from Colorado. Um, and then you want to talk about the connections with the current, with the University of Wyoming and these players is obviously, you know, Gunner Gentry. I mean, uh, to have him there, you know, in the footsteps of his brother. And from what the coach said is Gunner's a little taller, has great hands. And we've certainly heard that before with his brother. So that's going to be a nice uh, connection. And then also uh, Cameron Murray was the number 14 rated player from, from Colorado. And he continues the Overland High School connection that's being built down here. So he's the fourth player from Overland High School uh, to now be at the University of Wyoming. And and as fast as Austin Conway is, uh, there's some comment that Cameron Murray might be even faster. Wow. And then, and then finally, the fourth one is Zach Watts. And um, Zach, um, parents were at the, at the breakfast, and I was talking to his mother beforehand, and so – he is going to be an offensive lineman. Uh, he's 6'5", and his mother told me right before uh, the end of the football season, he was at 305. So he already has the size and the frame. He's very athletic. I guess uh, he's trying to lose a few pounds because he's quite the baseball player as well. So uh, uh, those are the four kids from Colorado, and two of them, are all Colorado. They were all, all four of them were all state, but two of them were all Colorado, uh, namely Chad Muma and also Cameron Murray. Wow. Yeah, I think uh, Chad Muma is really a, a player to watch out for. I don't like to compare him to Andrew Wingard because Wingard just kind of came out of nowhere, um, you know, his freshman year. But I would not be surprised to see Chad uh, Muma really step up and play early in his career and be because uh, uh, the coaches down in that area Colorado uh, really were very surprised to see him go into Wyoming they really thought he had an opportunity to get recruited a lot more highly um, they just really thought he was a really good football player of course his dad Ty 
remember him from uh, high school, even when he was at Torrington High School, just a really gutty football player that ended up walking on to the Wyoming football team and earning a scholarship. He was just a little bit undersized. Well, his uh, son has has that size at 6'3", 200 pounds already. Wow. Yeah, they have him projected as a linebacker. So certainly you can't never have enough linebackers. So uh, I think he played safety in high school, but he at six foot three and 200, you can easily see uh, this young man having a similar Logan Wilson type of size um, and uh, really filling in that linebacker uh, depth. Yeah, and they do have him listed at linebacker, so it looks like he translates over to a linebacker, but a very good athlete, so that that is one thing he has going for him. Well, now, with this new um, strength and conditioning uh, coaches that we have, um, and this is just a little side note, I've been seeing some stuff on um, uh, you know Twitter and, and things like that. They've been posting some stuff of the, the workouts, uh, uh, I think these kids are going to really benefit from um, from that program. So, Ian, did I uh, hear this wrong? But I thought that the comment was that Coach Haug really uh, uh, made a point to uh, discuss how those two LSU new uh, strength and conditioning co- coordinators at Wyoming felt about the offensive linemen and uh, and players at Wyoming, they were very uh, uh, complimentary about the type of players that were on this roster. Yeah, you did not miss uh, here, Gordy, because I heard the same comment. And I know my friend uh, Scott, who came up with me, also heard the same comment because we were talking about about the same thing driving up to uh, Laramie for the basketball game. But yeah, it just they they came in pretty impressed with with the athletes that are in the program. They they certainly agree with what Jeff just said uh, with that facility is just going to really even take this uh, workout program to another level and development program to another level. So uh, that begs the question now that, you know, we talked about the guys that are coming in, the highlights of that, but um, we've had quite the red red shirt uh, class from last year. Um, uh, any uh, thoughts about our red shirts now getting a, a shot at uh, start uh, starting? Well, I think first of all we need to uh, uh, recognize Garrett Crawl for earning a scholarship. Um, we saw him as a freshman last year. He was mentioning the walk-on program. He was able to work himself through, but we saw him on the field last year, and he definitely looked like a scholarship player. He can be a great uh, contributor to the program. So. Um, he is one we need to recognize during that scholarship. I think he's really going to help that Cowboy defense out in his next three years. But, yeah, I think the one guy that I would really keep an eye on is uh, C.J. Colden. Colden. Uh, he is a player that uh, could have very easily hit the the field this year. Um, they, they really try, you know, they wanted, they wanted a red shirting, but they had a tough time red shirting because they could have put him out on the field. And he's one of those bigger defensive backs uh, that, Coach Bull talked about in the past that he really wanted to increase the size or the length of the defensive backs. And so CJ Colden would be one guy that I would definitely keep an eye on that redshirted last year. And Jeff, the other comments so we already talked about, uh, um, you know, the tight end from, um, from Broomfield, 
but also, and we talked about uh, Keegan Kreider, but uh, um, the Big E, and I, I have to look his name again, but I've just got to know Eric him now. Yeah, the Big E from Minnesota that um, apparently just this offseason has been, you know, very beneficial for him. He's changed his body composition, and and the, the comment was is that this young man could uh, – be one of those starters on the offensive line and then certainly like Ian mentioned about CJ Coldren I mean they're very high on him and they, they must have been it must have been really difficult not to put him on the field but you know the good point is is that they were able to keep him off the field they were able to redshirt him and they were uh, able to uh, have him around for another year now and so it's kind of showing some of the depth we have there and we certainly have some depth in the defensive backfield but uh, the name Victor Jones came up and uh, you know we talked about him a lot last year and we've talked to him a little bit tonight but that is clearly another one of the red shirt uh, players that they're going to be really high on and like Ian mentioned early on you know he's just adds to that uh, depth on the uh, defensive line well of course the of course, the one player we should add to that mix is quarterback Tyler Vanderwall. So I just thought I'd throw him into the mix. So well, the quarterback I, you gave me a good transition there because uh, that's the elephant in the room with Josh Allen uh, declaring for the NFL. Uh, now, uh, the big question is who's going to fill those massive cleats of his and uh, so let's talk a little bit about the quarterbacks. You know, you got Nick Smith, of course. Uh, he uh, he did backup duty. You got Vanderwall, Sean Chambers, uh, Ryan uh, uh, Marquise. Uh, so uh, what do you guys think? Uh, was there any discussion down there in um, the CIC about quarterbacks? Well, that is the big elephant in the room, <laughs> and I think <laughs> everybody's looking at everything else that's going to surround this quarterback, and so probably the second big elephant in the room is also the running back position, but we'll get to that here in a second, I assume, Jeff. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that Nick Smith is is going to work hard and try to earn that position. Uh, I don't see him just turning over the keys to any one of these uh, uh, freshmen. Uh, but saying that is that it's going to create a real spirited competition between uh, Nick Smith and Tyler Vanderwall. So if Nick Smith comes out of spring camp and also out of the fall camp as a starter, then it's because he's earned it and he's worked really hard and he has some experience. However, if Tyler Vanderwall makes it and beats him out, then I think it's as a result of this really difficult competition this spring and this summer and the fall camp. And then we have a young man that uh, is out there to, to prove that he's the, the heir apparent and he's going to be the one to, to I think, um, just manage this offense for this first year and let the special defense do all their magic. Well, you know, the, we had teams back in the uh, mid, to, uh, mid to early 60s that um, defense was the 
was the calling card, and the offense just scored enough to um, to win the game. So maybe we're getting back into that kind of mode again. Yeah, I think uh, that Coach Bowl, uh, when he came in, that was kind of what they wanted to do uh, with the offense. Um, and next year is going to be very interesting with the quarterback position. I do think we have uh, two talented recruits that at the quarterback position, which is exciting because we've had years in the past where even our, our recruits weren't that exciting, um, which caused a lot of problems. But these guys do have, I do believe have great upside. Sean Chambers looked really good throwing the ball in his film, big, strong quarterback can throw the football up the field. Um, so it could be very, very similar to last season where even though we had the great Josh Allen quarterbacking us, we seem to be a little bit at times ball control type offense. So what I see is uh, hopefully the supporting cast really can elevate themselves on the off offensive side of the football next year and help the younger quarterback or if it's Nick Smith quarterbacking. Yeah, I, I'm fully prepared in uh, watching a classic bowl ball if you wanted to say that where we're you know we're uh, running on first down second down uh, passing if we have to but at least going into ball control uh, mode and uh, just having the defense get us the ball back so it's going to be uh, uh, that's what I fully expect uh, Josh Allen uh, was a wonderful addition to the um, to the mix in uh, with his arm strength and his athletic ability uh, gave us a dimension that um, I don't think we're going to see for a while unless some of these guys on the list here can develop uh, near that level. Well, you know, they, the staff is going to have their, uh, their hands full trying to figure out which one of these uh, three quarterbacks, you know, to start the season for them. Um, you know, they certainly missed losing that one year of the one quarterback that uh, transferred out uh, and losing that um, one year of, of play uh, being available. So we have a little bit of a gap from a senior Nick Smith to two freshmen. So, um, you know, I trust the staff. I trust Coach Bull. And, and with this defense, I just think that it's going to open all kinds of doors. And then you throw on top of that now, you know, a real experienced offensive line, a great group of, um, of tight ends. Uh, we'll probably still need to talk about maybe the third elephant in the room, and that is the uh, wide receiver position. But, uh, you know, I, I think Coach Bull and their staff is going to uh, leverage that defense, get themselves in, in good field position, and, you know, we're, we're just used to it now that these are going to be low-scoring games, and often we're going to be on the edge of our seat. Well, yeah, the, the having a good receiver core is critical, but we're going to have to have a quarterback that can get the ball to him. So um, uh, that's a concern for me. Not that uh, I think Nick Smith is a, is a, uh, can manage well, uh, you know, I think uh, given given the, all of the um, starting time and stuff, I think he'll do all right there. But uh, I just don't know if we'll have the dynamic deep threat that we had with Josh Allen just being able to fling that thing 70, 70 yards and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Tanner Gentry, the classic 
shot of Tan- Tanner Gentry just falling into the end zone and grabbing it at the last second. Uh, I don't yeah, know if we'll I be think, seeing uh, any of that. <laughs> yeah, got a great point about the rare talent, Josh Allen. I don't know if we'll, you know it's going to be hard to find a quarterback anywhere in the country could say that, but I do feel that these two young uh, quarterbacks coming in have good athletic ability. They can move around in the pocket. They have good arms and, and they have good size and can develop into really a very solid uh, college uh, quarterbacks. And and we've had, and just be an optimist here a little bit, we've had true freshman quarterbacks come in and play pretty well. So maybe the, you know, sometimes these quarterbacks tend to be a little bit more mature, uh, picking up an offense at noon, that type of is always going to be a challenge, but you know, maybe one of them can step up, but I'm definitely not going to discount Nick Smith. I agree with Jim there. I think he's going to work hard uh, uh, to be a better decision maker. He'll he'll get a lot more reps in spring. He'll get a lot more reps in the summer, which will help him. And um, and one of these young quarterbacks might step up and challenge. Uh, we'll definitely be a team that defensively we could have our best defense we've had at Wyoming and since I followed the football program. In fact, I was kind of thought that defense last year was one of the best defenses we've had at Wyoming in a while. Well, now the other, uh, the other position that uh, was a source of frustration for us last year was the running back situation. We ran through three or four different guys, trying them out, seeing if we can get the guy. uh, We never really found the guy. Uh, We we had uh, at the end of the year, um, uh, we might have had some success there, but uh, give me your thoughts on uh, the running backs that we have in the program and the ones that are coming in. Uh, where do you think uh, that running back position is going to um, evolve to? Well, Jeff, uh, you're right. We didn't find the guy last year, and, and right now I don't know that we have the guy as well. Here we are in, in, in February, but you know, we still have spring ball, and if there was anybody close to having that uh, that um, uh, description of the guy, would I believe was Kellen Overstreet at the end of the year. Uh, I thought he ran real hard. Um, he uh, um, got some great experience. I mean, he I think he was the difference in the CSU win, and uh, you know he's been in the program now for three years, so. Uh, uh, I think he's, uh, I believe he'll be, you know, at least the number one running back, you know, uh, coming out of a uh, spring ball. Um, and then after that, it's, um, you know, I guess they're still very uh, high on, on Trey Woods. And uh, Coach Haug now is also the running back coach. And so he would know as well as anybody as to how he looks at the running backs. And so he uh, described uh, that Trey Woods will be a 180-degree different player <laughs> than he was last year. So, uh, you know, you have to assume that uh, Coach Hogg is the one that's working with these backs, and, and he has seen something. And, and uh, Trey has had, uh, you know, a year of experience now. So hopefully, you know, he's pushing or is the number one guy. And then um, – after that, you know, I always still wonder about Mike Green. Uh, I, I, it appears he's still on the roster, and and I always thought that he would be in the mix somewhere as well. Uh, Milo Hall was uh, the starter last year, 
and uh, so he has some experience with uh, uh, definitely some speed. And then the two running backs that uh, Ian talked about earlier, as far as the, the recruits that are coming in, and then um, uh, Validay, that was the uh, red shirt uh, from last year, the recruit from the 2016 or the 2017 season from Illinois, uh, will fit in there somewhere as well. But the bottom line, I don't know who the guy is, but if I was to guess right now, to me, the guy is Kellen Overstreet. Well, like I said, like uh, he, he had seemingly uh, was getting into the groove at the end of the year. Um, uh, Trey Woods, uh, the guy was still trying to learn that position. He was running, in my opinion, running up uh, too straight. Um didn't have a lot of vision. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's got a lot of work, but I guess it's encouraging that uh, Coach Howell uh, uh, is confident in him. So I guess we'll see. I, spring, spring ball is coming up here um, uh, soon, so uh, that'll be really, really interesting uh, to see uh, who, who emerges from, uh, from spring ball. Um, well, we've got the next year coming up, and uh, schedule. Let's talk about the schedule a little bit. Um, uh, we got New Mexico State. I don't think we've played them in a long, long time. Uh, Missouri, uh, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, Washington State, Mike Leach, Wyoming uh, native. Uh, he's going to bring his guys in here. And uh, Wolford, which is... Um, yeah, it's a what is that an FCS program? Um, yes. Yeah, yes. And uh, uh, so, uh, not not a bad one. Uh, what's your what's your guys take on next year's schedule? Well, I like the schedule. Um, I, I do like to play uh, the SEC and the Pac-12 programs, um, and uh, I think it's an opportunity for Wyoming again uh, as the program matures to get some uh, national victories early on. I'm still holding hope out. This program makes a, makes a run at the big uh, bowl game. And I think playing the, those opponents. Now I'm not sure how good Missouri is going to be in Washington state's going to be uh, relative to their, their uh, conferences. Uh, Luke Falk's gone from Washington state, but coach Leach is still there. So that's going to be a great, good, really fun home game having Washington state in Laramie. I, I think that's a great opponent for us. Oh yeah. Um, uh, there, uh, in looking at the Pac-10, out of all the schools in the Pac-10, we're close, closest to I think Washington State uh, in terms of uh, uh, um, being able to compete with them. Uh, we went up there and played them uh, what a couple of years ago, uh, and um, had a, a couple of really good quarters there. Uh, put some stress on them, so. Um, I think they're a good team. I think they're a good team for us. I think we'll match up pretty well with them. Uh, New Mexico State, uh, they're on the rise, I guess. And uh, so uh, we certainly can't overlook them. Now, is that are we on the road with them, or are they coming here? On the road. New Mexico State is – they're opening the season up uh, at New Mexico State, so – and we know New Mexico State uh, went to their first bowl game in many years, and um, so their their program probably feels like it has some momentum. And so we got to 
that's going to be a kind of a dicey game to open the schedule up with for sure. <laughs> but hopefully our program is matured enough where we can go down there and get a victory. Well, um, this is the things that you have to do if you want to be a uh, contending program. I mean, we're only um, one season now removed from playing in the um, conference championship. So uh, Wyoming is certainly uh, finally getting into the upper echelons of the conference, at least in our division. And so... Uh, Which is the strongest division in the Mountain West. So in the Mountain West. So, yeah, uh, we just... Uh, need to stop dropping the ball against people like San, Di- San Jose State. <laughs> or mean, UNLV. Or UNLV, you know. <laughs> before. Yes. Yeah, those are all the old, the past, so. Yeah, that's like future, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope the, the future starts with this year where, you know, you know, possibly the win against Boise State a couple years ago uh, might have been Coach Bowles you know, first big win, but to me, the signature win will be the time when we beat one of these pack or power five schools, uh, whether it be Missouri or Washington state. I just hope it's this year because if we can get a, a big win like that, uh, I think it'll really propel the team through the season and, and having Boise state at home and then, you know, beating the sheep down at their new uh, stadium would just be even better. But, um, you know, uh, I agree with uh, Ian that New Mexico State, that could be a difficult game. They're coming off of a bowl win. Uh, you know their optimism is going to be real high, and they're looking at this is a team they think that they can beat and uh, just to kind of push their program along as well. So uh, that first game, as all first games are important, you know, Wyoming certainly has got to come out of uh, Las Cruces with a win. You betcha. So uh, I'm already worried. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already starting to sweat now. Now that you guys got me all upset about this, I probably won't be able to sleep now. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we're going to have to delay these podcasts for a little while so we can at least (laughs) a nice spring and early summer, right? Right, right. You know, the, the, the one thing I've read is that uh, that quarterback in Missouri, I guess, is the real thing. And potentially he's going to be a top NFL uh, draft pick next year. And so I know that uh, Missouri has a, uh, a real talented quarterback. Uh, I don't think that they're picked to be overly competitive in their division, but it's still Missouri. It's still an SEC team. And it's still, you know, Wyoming having to travel there, you know, all but with a much more experienced and deeper team than we've been used to taking out on the road. Yeah, well, um, yep, this is uh, the chickens coming home to roost now because, you know, um, we've had the success and Bowles, you know, been in his fourth year. So uh, now's the time to start uh, – seeing the legacy start so we certainly don't want to fall back um on 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 the uh, on our uh, win loss record so uh yeah uh, so in the in the conference uh Boise of course is going to be uh Boise 
So uh, they're going to be uh, probably in the mix. Uh, San Diego State, um, unless uh, they have a down year, will probably be uh, um, one that we have to worry about. Uh, what about uh, New Mexico? They've been having some kind of, um, what, coaching uh Controversy questions with Jim Dave, uh, with Davies down there. Um, I don't know if that uh, will affect. Yeah, them I think that that could certainly hurt them. I'm sorry when you're having that type of uh, outside stuff going on around in your program. It just could, cannot help the program at all, and it certainly couldn't help the recruiting process. Um, so there may be a team to watch that kind of fades off. They kind of faded off a little bit last year, anyways. Um, they would not be one of my favorites uh, to be in that to division race. And then Air Force is Air Force, so you know uh, uh, they um, uh, they can be in the mix. They can be uh, they can beat you if uh, you're not careful. So um, we're gonna have another tough division. Uh, who do we play? Uh, who do we play for the other division next year? Do you know? I think we do the Hawaii. I think we have to go to Hawaii. And I'm trying to think, Jim, do you know that? I know Hawaii's one of I our. Think, yeah, it'll be just flipped from last year, I believe. Yes. That's so correct. Uh, that's correct. Uh, we'll, we will go to Hawaii and we will go to Fresno, Fresno. State. Hmm. And so those are going to be two difficult games. And then the flip, uh, we'll hopefully be able to pay back San Jose State and Laramie. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, let's see, who's the fourth one now? I don't know. Uh, who do we get in that San Diego State? Fresno certainly is going to be a tough. Fresno's program looks like it's really on on, on another upswing, so they're they're certainly going to be difficult. Uh, we've got San Jose, Hawaii over there in that that side. Uh, I don't think we played Nevada last year. We didn't play UNLV. Who are we missing? We're missing somebody. So yeah, it was we did, yeah, we didn't play San Diego State either. So there's a. Uh... Fresno, San Jose State, Hawaii, I think are the three teams we played. So, All right. Well, it's not going to be easy, uh, especially no, with Josh. Jim brings a great point up. That, going to Fresno State and Hawaii, that is a, that's going to be very tough. I mean, we're getting kind of – we're getting the hard ones on that side. Outside the San Diego State, we're not getting that San Diego State matchup. So. Well, uh we mentioned it off offhand, but the spring game's coming up. When is the spring game now? Did you see that announcement? It's, uh, I believe it's on April the 21st, Saturday at 2 o'clock, April the 21st. Okay. That is correct. Uh, uh, the spring football starts on March 20th, and it's uh, the spring game is scheduled for March 21st. And basically, they're going to be practicing every other day. So they take a day off, then they practice. So they're, they're going to be practicing Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday for five weeks. Ah, okay. So you know, uh, that's, that's the one thing, too, we didn't uh, note that uh, uh, of this class of 24, four of those uh, um, signed uh, commitments are on campus right now. And so, uh, you know, the um, yeah, for these players, it's going to get the benefit of having, uh, you know, the spring ball uh, underneath their belt. So that 
uh, certainly is going to help their chances to, to uh, push for a starting position. And those four players, their long snapper, Jesse Hooper, defensive back, Miles Williams, defensive back, Cameron Murray, and linebacker, Charles Hicks, all high school guys. That's always an advantage when you can come in early and uh, get acclimated to the team, uh, to the uh, college way of doing things. And yeah, I think it's a huge benefit. You remember Brett Smith did the same thing and really helped get him ready for his uh, true freshman year. Too bad we couldn't get Sean Chambers in for spring, but it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, yeah the one young man that uh, Miles Williams uh, you mentioned I and uh, I know Coach Hogg was real impressed on him. He ran into him a, a couple times on campus, and he said I literally ran into him because he's a, a a big, huge person. So he's a defensive back, um, you know, about six two, one ninety, and his dad was a um, played for the University of Oregon, and he was uh, also heavily recruited by. Um, Colorado State, New Mexico, San Diego State, and San Jose State. So um, that's uh, another player that uh, we'll be hearing from. Good, good. Well, but, uh, I just wanted to make kind of a preliminary announcement. Uh, we're going to try to do a um, spring game uh, review. Uh, we'll get. Uh, I assume uh, at least one of you is going to go so we can get an on-scene report. And then come yes, back. Yes, I will be at the spring game for sure, doing coverage for Go Wild Go. So, well, good, good. So we can um, have a review after that, and um, uh, do another one of these special podcasts, and um, uh, get um, uh, get ourselves a little farther down the line. It's the sports doldrums for me, or the horse latitudes for me, because it's just. It just drags on and on and on until the fall. So uh, uh, I kind of gotten interested in baseball with the um, uh, with the cap uh, with the Nationals here. Excuse me, uh, with the Nationals. I kind of follow them, but that's the only way I can get through the um, summer sports season. Because <laughs> it just yeah, takes forever. It would certainly help if the Wyoming basketball team would uh, make nice run in March and. Um, you know, kind of extend out the, the spring a little bit into the spring um, every year. But boy, you're right. You get into this in the spring after spring football, it gets it gets pretty dead out there yeah. in terms of sports fan. Well, we have the um, the NFL Combine is starting next week, and uh, so we've got that to look forward to see how Josh uh, does there. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, you know, I just th think that, Jeff, uh, that combine is just going to further uh, push Josh to the top of the list. I I just don't see how he could fail in any aspect of that, uh, of those drills. Uh, I, I know he had the, a little bit of the difficulty of, of hitting the net on that one that they show over and over, but... Uh, Overall, I think he's just going to have a fantastic combine, and and it'll be just a great day sitting there on April the 25th, wondering who's going to take him. Well, you know, um, the um, that thing about 
Josh Allen missing the net. Uh, one of the guys that was covering that came back with some film. He says, okay, here's the quarterback right after Josh Allen. I, f- I forget who it was. It was um, uh, not Mayfield, but it was uh, one of the other ones that was on the um, on that team. And he threw it over the top of the net. But they didn't make a big deal about that, but they made a big deal about Josh missing that very same throw. So uh, that's all a lot of ballyhook. Uh, uh, you know, they talk about his accuracy. It really means very little. I just think that all of his intangibles and, and all the tangibles that he brings, uh, that, that hardly is going to matter. Yeah. Well, he was the senior bowl MVP. Every uh, seems like a lot of these uh, prognosticators seem to be missing that element, and played really well in the second half of that senior bowl. Yeah, he did. And some people, yeah, he's got a, um, he's got a. Uh, uh, there is a crowd out there that hate him, and I don't know if it's because uh, his his passing completion record is under sixty percent, so uh, that marks him as a failure. Or if it's because he's a guy coming from a small school, and uh, people are just assuming. But then you turn around, and there's Carson Wentz, and that kind of irritates him too. <laughs> coming from well, the same. Well, you also coach. got the, the the kid from Fresno State. That's uh, Derek Carr, who's doing a great job in the NFL. The Mount West has produced a number of quarterbacks. Have been pretty strong. Quarterbacks in the NFL have done pretty well. So that that history there I, for somebody to say that they're not really doing the research very well. Well, and then look at, uh, Alex Smith. He's now coming over here to Washington and, uh, he certainly had a very interesting career. He went number one. If yep, I remember correctly. Utah. Yes. Yeah. Utah. So, uh, he went number one, uh, during his time. So, uh, I'm kind of mellowing out on the idea of Josh going to the Browns. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's going to go to the Browns, but uh, Mel Kiper thinks he is. Mel Kiper said today, not that Mel Kiper knows everything, but he did have him number one in the NFL draft at Cleveland Browns. So, yeah, and uh, Josh is pretty, um, pretty savvy. Uh, they asked him about that. I think it was at the Senior Bowl or at some point. Uh, what did he thought of um, uh, the possibility of being drafted by the Browns? And Josh, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, basically said, well, uh, if you can go in there and uh, uh, help that franchise uh, come back and win a Super Bowl, uh, you'll be a legend there. So he he certainly said the right things. So, And that would be true. I mean, if he went to um, the Browns and actually had some success and, and brought the Browns success, that uh, hell, they'd, they'll put a statue out for him in front of their stadium. <laughs> You know, well, the, speaking of legends, uh, Ian, haven't you got the feeling that down here in Denver that some of the anti-Josh um, comments have, have softened a, a bit? Um, I'm sensing that, and I'm just hearing that John Elway is really high on Josh Allen here in Denver. Uh, I'd love to see him here. Uh, you know, it's, it'd be a tough place to play, uh, the quarterback like anywhere is highly scrutinized and Jeff uh, there's just non-stop coverage of Bronco football here in Denver I mean they have two radio stations that pretty commit themselves 24-7 to Bronco coverage 
Oh, it's the same way here with the Redskins. I mean, I, I get sick of the Redskins after a while, you know, because it's 24-7 on the Redskins. So, yeah, any NFL town is going to be rough. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to wish any New York uh, team on him because they're even worse. Uh, uh, <laughs> that New York uh, media is just uh, vicious. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just part of being in uh, the NFL. Uh, and so, uh, look at John Elway. You know, he went to uh, when he came out of school. Uh, he was a high draft pick. Um, in fact, the controversy of him not wanting to go to Baltimore, and they finally forced the trade to Denver. Uh, when he started uh, his first couple of seasons, he was rough. He had a tough time, but once he got the hang of it, uh, you know, Katie barred the door. So I. I have the same feeling with Josh uh, in that regard that, uh, you know, he's um, uh, I wouldn't sell the guy short. Uh, he's he's really focused on this. He really wants it bad. And so um, uh, I wouldn't get in his way. <laughs> I think he's going to do all right. So, well, uh, we've been at this for a little bit more than an hour. So let me go around the table again here. Uh, Ian, any final thoughts? Yeah, I again, I think the momentum of the program is going in a really good direction right now. And um, just really excited about uh, the last few uh, recruiting classes. But the one player we didn't uh, talk too much about that I think uh, has a chance to be a really special player is Rome Weber, a defensive back out of uh, California that I think he really was getting pursued pretty heavily by some Pac-12 schools. They called him a Pac-12 caliber athlete. So uh, he might be one of those uh, players to keep an eye on. But uh, generally speaking, um, it looked like a good class, and uh, and uh, it should be a pretty exciting uh, spring football leading into next uh, fall. Jim? Yeah, I, and I'm right with you. I think the upward trajectory is is definitely you know pointing up um, the cowboy program is, uh, uh, I think is, is deep now. They've been there for five years. Um, coach bowl is pretty well entrenched, uh, in the, with the program. Uh, he has what he needs there now with the, um, high altitude, uh, facility, which I hear is just amazing. Uh, somebody was pointing out to me that, uh, the locker room there rivals some of the NFL locker rooms that this one uh, person had visited. So anyway, it looks like a, a great year, and I'm really looking forward to the spring game. Well, good, good, and so am I. Uh, so with that, uh, let's uh, head it on out of here. All right, gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us for the recruiting special. Uh, let's get this thing started in its uh, traditional way. So, thank you for joining Cowboy Roundtable Recruiting for 2018. It's been a special broadcast. We'll be back in a few weeks for the spring game, so stay tuned. Let's roll this out of here.
This has been the Cowboy Roundtable. Recruiting special. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Join us in a few weeks for the spring game review. This has been a Jackalope Ridge Media Production. All rights reserved.